you have your Bibles, join me in Isaiah. Isaiah 43 is where we will be this morning. Now, if you're thinking, man, he's getting up there fast today. I did everything in my power to try and get up here as quick as I could today uh, because we have a lot of ground to cover. I am excited about 2020. Now, I was sent a message that I needed to make some joke about vision in 2020 today, but I, my wife told me long ago I'm not funny, so I won't even try. When it comes right down to it, when we get to the year 2020, it has been, for some of you, not that long. For, for others of us, it's unbelievable that it has come to this place. And as we come to the dawn of a new decade and we look at all that lies before us and all that lies behind us, I love the start of a new year because it is that time of a push to just go, you know, what is it that we need to do? And we looked last week, we said, all right, you know, Scripture clearly teaches the principle of Sabbath, of rest, to come aside, to reflect on our walk, our relationship with God, and to examine and to begin to see need. And I challenged you last week, look, pray about it this week. Where's the need in your life? What's missing? What is it that you need in this next year? And so I hope that you did that, and I hope you began to write some things down. Now, just because we are five days in to 2020 does not mean that you can't stay after. We have 361 days left, so you got plenty of time to add some things in here. So I want us to look today from a church point of view. So let's start off and let's pause for just a minute and reflect on last year. Let's give the Lord a little bit of praise for what he did in our church last year. Now, for you, there would be things in your life that God did personally, as there were in mine. And I think it's important that we thank the Lord for those things. Um, there are a lot of major answers to prayer that occurred last year. There are major life events that transpired. There have been new births in our church since last year. There have been new announcements about upcoming ones. Uh, we've got, I believe, three more that I know of on the way coming this year. And so the Lord has blessed our church in many ways in that regard. But I, I want to go over some specific things for the church as a whole. Last year, at this time, we were starting our first upward basketball season ever. Now, that may not mean as much to some as others. The reason that was such a big deal this past year is because for years we have been in the process of building the gym. We have been working on getting that thing constructed and getting it finished. Last year, back October of 2018, we were getting the floor put in there and we were finally getting it to where we could start using it for outreach. We started the program in November, December, but games officially began in January, and we had over 100 young people who came week in and week out. And on Saturday mornings, the parents would come, and we'd have two or 300 people who came every weekend, who came in for basketball, but who heard the gospel as a result of it. That began last year, and we are getting ready. We've got the season going, but the games will begin in another week and a half here this year. And so, man, I'm excited about what the Lord is doing and using. And, for that fact, the, the league is actually bigger this year than last year. So we have opportunity now to minister to more people. As I said last year, and I mean it again this year, 
When we go out there, it is not as if we are a church that has an upward program. We have church services out there on Saturday for the upward crowd, and we have church services in here on Sunday and Wednesday. And so it is an extension of the ministry of the church, and I'm excited about it every time I get to go out there. We had this past year our Easter extravaganza. We had our VBS, our fall festival. As a result of those major outreach events, we saw souls saved. There are people that are here this morning as a result of those events last year. We have seen people who have begun to connect to our church as a result of some of these major events. In addition to that, it has given you and I opportunities to minister and to serve together, to grow closer together as a church family, trying to get the gospel out to other people. We did some functional things. We relocated our nursery. We got that all moved over, and we've got a few more projects still to go with that. We hired two pastors this year. If you got the new bulletin today, that's Pastor Jared. The new banners that you see up, that's Pastor Jared. It has done all of that design work. Much of what he does is behind the scenes, and you don't see as much what Pastor Jared does. This morning, he's covering for Pastor Jeff over in Olympians. Um, he's spoken teen Sunday school class, and he's helping in a lot of ways there uh, for Pastor Jeff since he's gone this week. But Pastor Jared has been doing so many things behind the scenes. Now, again, this, this is not nearly as important to you all as it is to me. Over the course of this year, we have changed some of our software at the church for finances, for church membership, those kind of things. Uh, and Brother Kenzie has been directly involved in this in a lot of ways as our treasurer. We now have the ability to get good financial information and records within seconds, and that has not always been the case. So, okay, so let me just tell you from an organizational standpoint, Tanya's over here making faces because she helped do this uh, over a year ago. And it would take sometimes two and three days for us to figure out what happened with one check. And now it's in seconds. Uh, and so I am very grateful that on an organizational level, Pastor Jared has helped, Brother Kinsey has helped, and there are so many things. The website has been redone. Uh, the video announcements are so much better than when I was doing them with my iPhone in the Welcome Center. And, and so I'm grateful for Pastor Jared's involvement in that. Our new podcast message in a minute, that is Pastor Jared's work doing all of those kinds of things behind the scenes. So I truly appreciate that. We also hired Pastor Jeff to work with our young people. We started a new children's program, the Olympians program down the hall that goes great. We now have a teen service every Sunday night out in the gym. We have times when they come in here and we're trying to get it to where every other month on a Sunday night the teens will be in here and they'll be in charge and responsible for a service. We went through the software when we were updating our information in there and we did just a, a search, a census of the church, if you will. And, and as a result, now our church, if you look at the average, it is right at 50% of our church is 17 years of age and under. 50% of our church is 18 and over. Now, as a pastor, that's a big deal. And I'll tell you why that's a big deal. We had a young man in our church in Virginia who was in a singing group, and he would go around and he would sing in churches. And he said to me, he goes, you would be amazed the number of churches that we go in and we sing in which there's probably not a single person in that church who is not retirement age or older. When you have a church, and I don't mean this in any mean way, when you have a church that is all retirement age or older, that church is dying, literally dying. 
because what will happen is eventually all of those people will pass away and that church will close its doors. You have to have young people for the health and sustainability of your church. And to have a church family in which we have a large number of young people is a blessing. It means that we are reaching out to young people. It means that we have young families that have children in them. It means that we have a future as a church. And so I'm very grateful for that. I believe that both of these men are doing a tremendous job in helping organize, run, and grow the ministry here. In addition to that, a year ago, I stood up, basically this Sunday a year ago, and I said, look, over the last year, 2018, we paid down a little over $100,000 on the debt of our building, and at that rate, we would have the building paid off in six years and 11 months. Fast forward a year. All things being equal, we should now be able to have the building paid off in five years and 11 months. See, somebody's paying attention this morning. Good. So we have six years and 11 months. It's now a year later, so it should be five years and 11 months. This past year, we paid down over $165,000 on the principal of the buildings. And so as a result, we're on pace just over three years to have the buildings paid off if we stay at this pace. So praise the Lord for that. That is exciting to know, and it's great to see God's blessing and moving in that direction. Overall, we had a wonderful year, and the Lord blessed. Now, next year. Next year, we got some things already planned. Now, this morning, I'm not specifically here to talk a lot about what we've got going on next year. But I want to just give you some things that are out there so that you know that these are things that we are working on. We are currently in the process of doing some updates to the facility, to the property. So we've got an architect who's designing a new church sign for us out front to update the church sign. Uh, we are working with him to get the finishing plans for the kitchen over in the gym. We have everything we need over there to make it fully functioning, except we have to get architectural drawings to actually be able to install it. Who knew? So that, that's what we're in the process of getting that done and getting that through the county. We're also dealing with the same architect getting drawings done to finish the upstairs so that we can have a teen room upstairs above the kitchen, bathrooms, classroom that's already in the gym. And so he's beginning to draw things out for that. So we've got those three projects that are out there and we already have $70,000 set aside to help deal with any costs that's incurred in those projects. We have started our new podcast, and I hope you've signed up. There have been videos on Facebook and Instagram, supposedly, and, and so we've been putting these things out there so that you can see them, but after this week, they will go purely to audio, so if you haven't signed up. The reason we're doing this is because I believe that if we can get people listening every day to just a brief, challenging thought from the Word of God, that as a church family, we can grow together. Now... I know of other people who are not part of our church who have signed up to listen to this already. But please understand, it's not my goal. My goal is for us as a church family to be growing together, and we can't have services together every day throughout the week. But this is a way where as a church family, we can kind of meet together on our own schedules with just a brief message every morning throughout the week. So I challenge you to, to make sure you're a part of that. We are working on finalizing the details for our teen missions trip. It looks like we will be going to a remote family island, and so we are trying to get all of that finalized. We started passing out just invited cards. Our goal is to get over 20,000 of those out this year, and I have a few more things with that that I'll be talking about in the weeks ahead. But as we begin to look at our church, 
And we begin to think as a church family. Last year, the Lord did some great things. We worked on growing together with one heart, having a good spirit, growing in unity. And I believe that we did that. As I began to look at this next year, I began to ask the simple question, what is the greatest need in our church? What is the greatest need in our church? Now, regularly, I have people come to me with different things that they believe would be a help to the ministry of the church. Sometimes they are very valid ideas and good, well-thought-out ideas. Sometimes they're not as well thought out. And they begin to look at it from a more organizational standpoint. And they go, oh yeah, okay, that wouldn't necessarily make sense. And so we begin and we try to process those things. And as we look at and as we try to think through what is the greatest need of our church, let me just encourage you. The greatest need of our church is not necessarily going to be, say, a new Sunday school program. The greatest need of our church is not going to be any new organizational structure that is going to change the way we do things. The great need of our church is not going to be a different order of service as it was this morning. Though my wife seems to think the great need is a different pastor, I don't think that that's going to solve the problems of the church either. So when we look at, and when I say problems, when, what's going to help us most? When I look at and I say, what is the greatest need in our church? What's going to help us the most in the next year? To really answer that question, I think you've got to step back and look from a big picture. And to do that, you have to consider, what is the greatest goal of the church? What is the greatest goal for us as believers? In Isaiah 43, we look in verse 7. Even everyone that is called by my name, that would be you and I. Everyone that is called in my name, for I have created him for my glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. God makes this declaration in Isaiah 43. Every person I have made, and I have made them for one reason. The goal is simple. I have made them for my glory. So when you begin to say, okay, what's the greatest need that we have? Well, we got to remember what our great goal is. And, and the great goal is that you and I would bring glory to God. So without a doubt, our greatest goal is to bring glory to God. To recognize, to evaluate, to look at. What is it that we as individual believers can do to do a better job of bringing glory to God? Now, as we continue, we're going to keep coming back to this. Because what I want is, I want us to look at it and say, okay, as a believer in Christ this morning... Are you, in your life, focused on bringing glory to God with your life? Because if you're not, that's where it starts. That, that's where that, that need is going to have its root. Because if I'm not focused on the goal, then the need to reach the goal can't even be accomplished. The goal has to be clear. Because if I don't have the goal clear, I, I'm never going to get there. As you set out resolutions for this year, you may have put some different things in your life that you wanted to accomplish. The thing that is most critical in any resolution, any commitment you make, is that the goal is clear. Because if the goal's not clear, you're never going to know if you got there and it's easy to quit. I want for us to understand as a church, as an individual, my greatest goal is that I would bring glory to God. And if my life is not bringing glory to God, if that's not the, the purpose of my life, 
I've got to fix my purpose first. So what's the greatest need? Well, to get there, we've got to remember what the greatest goal is. We know the great goal is to bring glory to God. We also know what are the great commandments. Our great commandments, as we have looked at for time in the past, and we will continue to emphasize moving forward, we've put up on the wall in two new sets of banners. Our great commandment is the commandment that Jesus Christ emphasized, that we would love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind. So for us, we simplified it to say that we would love God without reservation. Isn't it amazing when you begin to search your own heart? How often, when you think of your love for God, there's things that hold you back? And too often, there are things in our lives that though we never want to admit it, we will not give up. And the reality is, it's because we love them more than God. So we want to love God without reservation. Nothing holding me back. And the second is like unto it. Love thy neighbor as thyself. So to love people. That we would love people without hesitation. That we would not hold back. We would not wait. We would not force someone to change to a level in which we can then love them. We will love them and bring them to the change that they need to walk with God. But we will love without hesitation. So if the great goal is to bring glory to God and the great command is to love God and to love people then what does that dictate as my greatest need? Because I, I know those two things are true. But look, be honest this morning. Aren't there times where you intentionally in your life do things that do not bring glory to God? There are tons of times when we unintentionally do things that don't bring glory to God. But there are even times when we intentionally do. And go to the other level. Aren't there times when you just don't love God? It's a lot easier to see the second. Aren't there plenty of times you just don't love people? When there are people and you're just, you're going, man, they're driving me crazy. So how do I deal with the need that helps me to obey the commands and to accomplish the goal? I think the simple answer is the great need of any believer and therefore of any gathering of believers is to be more spiritual. It's to just simply be more spiritual. The reality is there are plenty of times when we can reflect on not, not an extended period, but a day, a half a day, a couple hours in the day. And if you are honest with yourself, you just go, I wasn't very spiritual. And I know it. Now, the reality is that word being spiritual has a little bit different meaning to everybody in here. And we're going to come back and define it a little more clearly in just a second. But we have to recognize that the great need that any believer has, and therefore any gathering of believers a church has, is that we would be more spiritual. We, we just got to be more spiritual. We've got to grow in our ability to become more like Christ. Well, how are we going to accomplish the greatest goal? How are we going to accomplish the great commandments? And how are we going to accomplish the greatest need? How do I make all of these things go together? 
Well, there's a lot of things that we could begin to answer that question. It would be fair if someone says, well, I just need to read my Bible more. That will play a part. I believe that genuinely. So people will say, well, I need to and fill in the activity. But I believe for us this year, as a church, my challenge to you and what I want to see us come together to do is I want to see us accomplish our great goal, our great commandment, and our great need. And the tool I believe that will make this happen is prayer. And I want to prove it to you. You see, when we pray, we begin to see God change us. So my goal would be say, look, first of all, let's pray for God to be glorified. Let's pray that in what we do, great glory would come to God. Now look, John 14, 13 helps us to understand this. In John 14, 13, And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, Jesus speaking, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So when I pray, I ask God to do things. And the reason I ask God to do things in Jesus' name, under the auspices that this is something Jesus wants, is I pray and ask that Jesus' name would be glorified in this because when this prayer is answered, it will bring glory to him and in turn, it will then bring glory to the Father. So that if I want to glorify God, according to John 14, 13, one of the ways that I can bring glory to God is that I can pray, I can see God answer prayers and in answering those prayers, God will therefore be glorified. John R. Rice said, one of the reasons that today we don't see revival, knowing that he died now 40 years ago. Today, one of the reasons we don't see revival, we don't see lives changed, is because believers, Christians, don't have answers to prayer to show the world that God is still working, to see what God is doing, and to bring glory and honor to his name. If we are going to accomplish the great goal and there are other things i understand that but if we're going to accomplish the great goal as a church what i'm asking you to do this year is to recognize the way we are going to focus on it this year is by prayer so that as we pray we can now see jesus glorified and in turn glorify the father in him our God has great things in store. His glory will be revealed through answers to prayer. That word glory has to do with weight, importance, awesomeness on display. Truly, the glory of God is revealed incrementally in our lives as God needs to reveal attributes about himself to us. We see it throughout the Old Testament. His name helped reveal more of his glory when it was given at a specific time for a specific reason. And in your life, as you begin to pray and you see God answer prayers in your life, you begin to behold more of the awesomeness of God and therefore more of his glory is revealed to you and therefore magnified in you. Every prayer request and scenario is actually an opportunity for us to witness his glory firsthand. Most of the time, when we have an urgent need and we begin to pray for that urgent need, who is at the center of that prayer request? We are. We are. Because it hurts us. Now, when it's you hurting, it hurts. When it's you suffering, it, it's painful. 
but most of the time, at the center of that prayer request is me. When I can change to at the center of that prayer request is God. And then when he goes and takes me through that, at the end, he gets the glory for that. And more than him getting praise in the sense of me giving a testimony of praise, he gets the glory in my life because now I see him differently. If you're honest and you search your heart, the moments God has been the biggest to you have most often been when there was something in your life that no one else knew about that you prayed and God answered your prayer. And the prayer didn't even have to be big. The, the prayer could be little. But yet God came through, and he came through just for you. And his glory got revealed to you in a special little moment. And when we pray and we see God answer, he gets glorified in our hearts. He gets glorified in our lives. And then... As God starts getting glory in our lives, it becomes natural for us to share that glory. I want you to pray that you would love more. Ephesians 5, 8, walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering, a sacrifice of God for a sweet-smelling savor. That picture of a sweet-smelling savor is prayers going up to heaven. Look, God gave that sweet savor to heaven of his sacrifice and he did it for love and so ought we to love now we're going to deal with this more in the weeks ahead but the reality is there are times when we just don't love the way that we should and the greatest way to change my heart in this is through prayer so we, we pray that God will be glorified. We pray that we can love more. But here's what I want to focus on this morning. I want us to pray simply to be more spiritual. Now, what does it mean to be more spiritual? What is it that being spiritual actually means? Now, just think through the word for a second. To be spiritual means that I would be walking like the Spirit. I, I would be acting like the Spirit. To be physical is to act physically. To be spiritual is to act spiritually. Well, who sets the standard or the definition of the way the Spirit is to behave? Well, the Holy Spirit of God does exactly that. Ephesians 5.18 helps us here. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess. So clearly there's a principle here, but the principle is greater than, than that of drinking. The principle is this. You can become so inebriated from alcohol that it physically controls you, that you are no longer able to do the things that you would normally do because of a drunken, altered state to your physical being. Your mind is altered, your physical mechanics are altered, your vision can be altered. Everything about you can be controlled by alcohol. Be not drunk with wine, where is an excess? But be filled. Now, the original word has a continuing effect. Be ye being filled. Be filled with the Spirit. So as much as alcohol can control someone and control their thinking, control their movements, control their physical actions, we are to be filled with the Spirit in such a way that the Spirit literally controls us. Controls our thinking, 
controls our actions, controls our speech, controls who we are. So if I'm going to pray, I, I can pray that God would get glory because when I see answers to prayer, it brings glory to the Father through Jesus. I can pray to see my love increase. And then I can pray to be more spiritual in seeing the great need that I have fulfilled by being more filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, Luke chapter 11, if you would, turn to Luke chapter 11 with me, and I want us to look at this passage together. In Luke chapter 11, this is one of the greatest passages on prayer to me in all of Scripture. Now, we're going to be looking at several others in the weeks ahead. But in Luke chapter 11, there's a little phrase that we don't see elsewhere when the same type illustration is given by the Lord. He's asked how to pray by his disciples, Jesus is, there in verse 1. Verse 2, and he said unto them, when ye pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. As in heaven, so on earth. I think that's the principle of giving glory to God. Give us day by day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive other, everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. And he said unto them, Which of ye shall have a friend? And shall go unto him at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine in his journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut. My children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needed. So th there's that importunist. You, you just keep going. So verse 9 is where I want you to join in with me. And I say unto you, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. If a son... Shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye, then being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? The reality is, to be more spiritual... We need more of the Holy Spirit. Now, doctrinally, we believe that you get all the Holy Spirit you ever need at the moment of salvation. Filling is not really me getting more of the Holy Spirit as much as it is me yielding control of me over to the Holy Spirit. But the picture is, is that I have parts of me that are closed off to the Spirit of God. And as I yield control, I open those up so that the Holy Spirit can have more of me. But the reality is that as I pray, I can see God giving me more of the Holy Spirit's leading, the Holy Spirit's guiding, the Holy Spirit's direction. And really the Holy Spirit's getting more and more control. And the Holy Spirit will always do that which is spiritual. It's who he is. And so when I'm more yielded, when I'm more filled, then by nature I have to be more spiritual. So the greatest need that we have is to be more spiritual. And the way to get more of the Holy Spirit of God, according to Luke 11, is to ask. So if we are going to see our church become fulfillers of the great need, then the way we're going to do it is become more spiritual and the way that accomplished by praying more. 
and asking God to change us. Now, I genuinely believe that this year, if we will make this a year of prayer, it will change our church. So, here's what we're going to do. we got 15 minutes left, and we're going to be very practical for the next 15 minutes. There are some things that we are going to do to try and help with this. All of us need road signs as we go through our life. And so we're putting some prayer road signs up, if you will, for this year to help. We're going to do several different things. In your bulletin, when you came in, you should have received a card, something like this. On this card, we're calling them prayer cards. They're stack them outside on the table. There's a big board out there on the table that says, Asking God. On this prayer card, it says, I ask God. Now, from that point on, you get to put your imperative phrase or whatever you would like to put on here. Let me challenge you to keep in mind bringing glory to God. Keep in mind the spiritual nature of prayer. I'm asking God. I'm asking God to restore my relationship with... Can you plug it in? I'm asking God to help my family. To, to help me fix it. I'm asking God to allow me to lead my coworker to Christ. I'm asking God to help me conquer the besetting sin. I'm asking God to, I'm asking God for. I'm asking, and, and you put on here what it is. And it may be, look, here's the problem with prayer requests. When it's something that is one of your greatest needs in your life, it's something that our pride screams is embarrassing. And so we don't want to put it out there publicly. Look, I understand that. In fact, so that you know, this is not a call to public prayer this morning. I believe that the secret to powerful prayer is secret prayer. Matthew 6, 6. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut the door, pray to thy Father which is in secret. And thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. That in our secret place of prayer, it is our greatest power in prayer. So it may be simple that you say, I'm asking God for an unspoken need. And you take this, and there's pins out there, and you pin it to the board out there. And we've got Sharpie markers, so you can write it nice and big out there. And, and you go and you pin your card out there. Some of these will be prayer requests that recognizably are not something that's going to be answered in a year's time. For some, it may be answered next week. So here's what we've got. I have ordered it. It is not in. It should be in this week. I have ordered a huge five-inch stamp. So this card is just over five inches. So I've ordered a stamp that is five inches, and it says answered on it. So when your prayer gets answered, you get to take the big stamp and you get to go out there and you get to pull your card down and put that big answered stamp right on. I joked that I wanted to do this in front of church every week so everybody could applaud for it. But it gives you an opportunity to show and to be reminded of. This is something I've legitimately been praying about. Now, when it comes to prayer requests, one of the great problems with prayer requests is we forget. We just were forgetful people. There's an app out there called Echo, and Echo is a prayer request app, and you can download the app, and it will actually pop up and remind you throughout your day to pray for these different things, and you can schedule it when in the week you want it to be prayed for, if you pray for something on Monday, something on Tuesday, something on Wednesday, and we'll look at that more down the road, but, but you can put your prayer request out there. Now, for some, you have something on your mind right now you want to go pin to the board. In fact, before we ever got started, before I ever announced anything about this, I think there's three already on the board out there. 
For others, you might take this home. Lose this one, but remember the need. And, and come in next week and grab another card and fill it out and pin it up there. That's no problem. It may be that four weeks from now there's a need. But you take this and you say, I asked God for, to, whatever. And you pin it up there and you begin to pray about it. Now, there will be some folks who will walk by and see needs up there and they'll pray for those needs. There'll be times throughout the week that, that one of the pastors will come out there and we'll see some things and we may pray. You can put your initials on the back if you want to. You can put your initial on the front. You don't have to put your initials at all. This is completely between you and the Lord, but we are publicly making accountability and publicly seeking to see God answer those. Now, one of the other things that helps with this is to see God answer prayer and to hear the testimonies of it. So each week, it's my desire, each week to have someone come and share a testimony about their answer to prayer. Now, some of you in here are already going, there ain't no way I'm ever getting up there. That's okay. You can write it out and we will have somebody read it for you. If you go, there's, there's no way I can get up in front of everybody and, and give that answer to prayer. I understand that. If you want to write out, in fact, if you're going to come up here, you're going to write it out, okay? Because I got scarred years ago. I, I had a young lady who came up to give a testimony after a missions trip. She was supposed to speak for two minutes. Fifteen minutes later, and holes in the back of my head from the pastor staring me down, I, I learned to make anybody write out what they're going to say when they come up here. So if you're going to give a testimony, I'm going to have you write it out. But I want you to give testimonies to answers to prayer. So I've asked Brother Kit to come up today. And so Brother Kit is going to come and he is going to share an answer to prayer. Now this is an answer from his past. And you may have something that in the past God did in such a miraculous way, you want to share that. For others, it may be something that happened that week and it was a card that was out there. And you can bring your card up here and stamp it for all I care. But we want to take time to call ourselves to remembrance of the testimonies of answers to prayer. Okay. To be respectful of your time and his, I'm just going to read the statement. It's always a privilege to be able to come before the church. Thank you, Pastor, for asking. When Pastor asked me to share a prayer the Lord had answered, the hard part was deciding which one. God's been so good. So, so I decided on something I gave a lot of thought to a few weeks back. In our Sunday school class, the question came up of why we don't pray. I raised my hand and suggested we're tempted. We do something we shouldn't. And then we confess, or we need to confess it. It's pride. We don't want to humble ourselves. The enemy wants to cut the lines of communication and break the fellowship. Then another suggestion was made, a more practical one. It was that no one is there. I'm not trying to sound spiritual when I say this, but I don't think this way. And it kind of surprised me. So I got to thinking why. Why didn't I think that way practically? And I started thinking about the prayers God has answered. And I remembered the second prayer God ever answered for me. Of course, the first one was when he saved me. I had a desire for something, and I don't remember what it was. I do remember I needed money. Uh, I sat down that Saturday morning to ask the Lord. I was about 12. Uh, at the time, I had just heard the story of Daniel and his prayer. And while he was speaking in prayer, Gabriel came to him with an answer. So that was on my mind when I started to ask the Lord to help me get some money, maybe a job or some work to do. While I was asking, the doorbell rang. My mom answered the door. It was my friend across the street. He was telling my mom his dad needed help washing windows, and if I would come, he would pay me. It was a huge blessing. 
to have God answer my prayer while I was still praying it. Ever since then, I have not doubted that the all-powerful creator of the universe is right there listening. Yesterday, Kara and I have been talking about this for some time. Yesterday, Kara had a desire that was on her heart. Insignificant, not a big deal, just something she kind of wanted. I had been up here at the church working on things. I came home on my way home. I said, you know what, I'm going to run by the store and just pick this up for her. I know it's something she enjoys. I'll just go pick one up for her. And got home, and getting into the house, I had more stuff than I could get into the house as normal. And so I get in the house, and then there was a kid crying, and, and about 10 minutes later, I finally go, you know what, i got to go get this thing out of the truck, it's still sitting out there. And Kara goes, so can I use that as my first answer to prayer? Went, what do you mean? She goes, oh yeah, I prayed earlier today, you'd bring me one of those, because I was really wanting one. And, and so God had answered her prayer, unbeknownst to me, just because. Amen. It really doesn't matter how big the prayer is. When you see God answer prayer, it just encourages other believers. And so we'll be challenging you. We'll be, we'll, I want you to share your testimony. Now, I would love to come hunt you down, but it will be so much better if you will come to me. So come to me. Shoot me an email. Say, hey, I, I got an answer to prayer I'd like to, shoot, or, or to share this week. A and send it to me, and we will do everything we can to get somebody up here every single week. Sharing a testimony of what God has done. We've got some other things we're going to be working on, just presentations and videos of things that God's doing around the world in answer to prayer. We will do our best to keep this in front of us all year long because I genuinely believe that prayer makes a difference. Now, one thing that I believe is a big help anytime is when you have scripture that encourages you to pray. So we will be working together as a church to memorize a passage of scripture on prayer. Now, I say that, and I'm setting you up, knowing that my desire is to memorize about 10. Okay, but, but we're going to start with one, and then once everybody gets that one down, maybe we'll move to another one. But we're going to do it together as a church. So the order, I'm not completely sure of yet. We're going to try it. If it fails, we'll change the order up a little bit. But the goal will be to do our announcement video and actually, I would love to record a video of the person giving their prayer praise and put it on the end of the announcement video. And then we're going to have somebody come up and lead going through the passage of Scripture that we'll be memorizing together, and then we'll jump right in to our regular service time. So I want you this morning to go through our passage of Scripture with me as our first launch into the new year, and we are going to memorize the passage that we just looked at in Luke chapter 11. So we will begin in verse 9. So get your Bible out. Verse 9, we're going to say it together. Now, that means you got to say it with a little bit of dramatic emphasis in there because I can't help it. So we'll start Luke 11, verse 9. Let's begin together. And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father... Will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? 
If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? 361 days from now. It is leap year after all. 361 days from now. Each of us will probably be in a different place. But my desire is that as the ball drops on 2021, that every single one of us can look back on this year in giving all glory to God, can declare, I saw God answer more prayers than I ever thought possible. Look, I can put organizational things into place that I then have to pawn off on Jared to keep going because I'm not that organized. I, I can make boards. I can present scripture I can't make you pray. So here's what I'm asking. This morning, I'm asking you to make a commitment, not to me, but to make a commitment to God. God, I want this year in my life to be a year of prayer. I don't doubt that there's some prayer warriors in here who have invested more time than I can imagine into prayer. But I also don't doubt that there are many in here who would say I've invested far less time than I should have in prayer. I'm not asking you to come to two-hour prayer meetings three times a week. I'm asking you to commit to God and say, God, I'm going to get alone with you. It may be on my commute. I'm going to get alone with you. It, it may be that it's while I'm getting dressed, it, it, it may be, and you've defined the time. God, I'm going to get alone with you, and I'm going to determine to pray this year. Not to see you heal every sickness. Not to see you, God, do something miraculous and huge. Though he may do all of those things. God, what I'm committing to I said, I want to pray to see you change me. My prayer request, Larry Wright speaking, my prayer request is that at the end of this year, I would be more controlled by the Holy Spirit of God than I am today. And I believe if I am, the other stuff will take care of itself. So I'm asking you to make the same commitment. So here's what we're going to do. We're not going to have necessarily a come forward invitation. Brother Aaron will come up. He's going to sing. I'm going to ask you during that time to talk with God. When he's done, I'm going to come back up to the pulpit, and I'm going to ask you by show of hands who would say I am making the commitment between myself and God to make this year a, a concerted effort in this area of prayer. And then I'm going to pray, and then we'll be dismissed. All right? Let's pray. Brother Aaron, you come. He'll sing. And we'll each have opportunity to do business with God. Let's pray. Father.